Hey, everybody, and welcome to Today's News Tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss today's gaming news. I'm your host, Ash Paulson, and I'm joined today by Derek Bittner and our very special guest, some call me Johnny. How's it going, Johnny? I am doing just fine. Thank you for inviting me to this show. It's Thank nice you for you making time in your schedule for us, man. We <laughs> looks appreciate like, it. Looks kind of like my room. Yeah, it's, it's a little similar. I spared no expense. <laughs> nice. Got nice. That, that pure visual fidelity. Yeah, it's very brown. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking before of we fi- move on with the news, okay, cool. I'm going to yeah. throw it to you, Derek. Speaking you of visual, visual fidelity, you might notice things aren't looking as snazzy as what we had before, and that Steve is not here. Well, the, the reason for that is Steve got invited, a friend hooked him up with a surprise honeymoon getaway thing. Not very far away yeah. or anything like that, but... Somebody to take care of the kids and him and his new wife getting to spend some alone time together, which can't we can't really deny the man that. So That's a really up- good friend, by the way. Like, <laughs> yes, <holy> seriously. <laughs> man. <laughs> and uh, so he sent me all over all the stuff that I had not played with before and worked with uh, Brandon, who helped him get us up initially. Got it looking good, but apparently... I guess don't have the horsepower under the computer, even though I thought my computer was fine, to handle it all. And it just started crashing and just not being able to. My Discord was constantly freezing. Just didn't want to work. So we're kicking it old school in this episode. Apologies. We'll try to get it figured out as soon as possible. But it's not looking as snazzy and we're not going to have the transitions and all that. But... Hopefully soon. They just, will be back. Yeah. They will be back. At least when Steve comes back, they'll be back. But maybe before that, we're not sure. But yeah, we just had some technical difficulties and we're not sure what's going on with your machine, Derek. Yeah. I, I'm going to blame Johnny because he's the only new element here. Nice. That's really fun. Yeah. Everything, I touch becomes a, everything I touch becomes a Google Hangout. Oh, God. Nice. Oh, that's I terrible. forgot about those. That's a terrible curse. Oh, Nobody man. wants a Google Hangout. Also, uh, special thanks to our patrons who are la- watching live with us for being so patient since we you know, have had to deal with these de- technical difficulties, and we're starting a bit late. So thank you uh, so much to all of you who have been so patient with us. Um, with that said, though, let's go ahead and get right on to the news. And let me tell you guys, this is not something or a headline I ever thought I'd read or say but the foundation owned by the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia has purchased a 33% stake in SNK, a.k.a. the Fatal Fury developer, uh, and is eventually going to up that to 51% to become SNK's controlling shareholder. 2020, right? The 2020 uh-huh. <laughs> keeps on delivering in a big way here. What do you even say about this? Like WWE wasn't enough. I did guess. they buy WWE as well? I didn't realize. Is they, that why WWE has special? I'm not sure. If, I haven't followed WWE all year because I I was not a fan of their COVID practices, right? And I unsubscribed from their network. Uh, but before then, they had special WrestleMania caliber events, specifically for a Saudi Arabia audience because it's a big paycheck. Get uh, that sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, buy Raycons. <laughs> but, um, uh, but it was very controversial because of everything that's tied together with the, the Crown Prince. And mm. this was like, I have to agree, this is like the last thing I expected to read. <laughs> it, it just in terms right? of like, what's SNK doing nowadays? <laughs> like, oh, well, okay. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's really a shame, too, because it kind of, I mean... You know, unfortunately, the crown prince is is you know accused of doing some pretty bad stuff, and you know the uh, the Saudi journalist uh, Jamal Khashoggi was recently assassinated, and signs point to him possibly being the one who who's called the hit. So this isn't a great look for SNK to be associated no. with this guy. Did uh, was this like a bad. hostile takeover or what? Like has SNK been saying no, or did they just not do that well? They're like, well, eh, it's gonna- money. I'm going to assume it was a very lucrative proposition. Like, yeah, the the, the, the zeros on that check had to been. I mean, numerous. 223 million, which exactly is, yeah. is yeah. a fair chunk of change. But I don't know, maybe maybe just me, but it might seem lowballing for a video game company, especially one with a storied history as SNK. But I I couldn't tell you offhand. I mean, I know SNK isn't you know isn't in doing doing its having its best days right now, but I didn't think they were in such dire straits that they would need. To do something like this, this uh, so after this uh, purchase, the company is now valued at six hundred and sixty-nine million dollars uh, U.S. Which I mean, that's not a ton for for a big video game developer, but I guess SNK really isn't big these days. It's rather small. So I just 
I don't even know what to say about this other than it's, you know, I, I, if it helps SNK survive, that's great. But at the same time, this definitely kind of muddies their brand in my eyes just because to, to be associated with such a bad guy. Yeah, yeah we're not, I'm and not surprised that they lose a bit of uh, partnerships with a few other companies or tie-ins because of this, yeah. establish- this just tie-in. It's going to be very tricky, to say the least. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what Nintendo's going to want to say about this one. Oh, cause... my God. <sighs> I know, you know? right? Because you have Terry and Smash. Now we got, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's an odd, yeah, kind of an odd link Yeah, should have sold SNK to Sakurai. He would have treated it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if this helps save jobs at SNK, that's the, the positive way to spin this, but it is too I mean, bad that, uh, yeah. As Michael Phone in the chat puts out, there's a genocide in Yemen that's currently going on that has ties to the prince, so... Exactly, I mean, what a Jamal Khashoggi is far from king. the only... Yeah, Perfect time exactly. to release a new King of Fighters game. Right. No, no, no it's now Prince of Fighters. Prince of, uh, Prince of, Fighters, Prince of blood, Fighters. Prince of Fighters Blood Money. Might we see the Prince in Smash now? Oh, God. <laughs> like, I don't even... Jeez. Oh. I mean, I feel bad even joking about this because, you know, I know. It's, this it's guy terrible, has caused so much suffering. It is such a bizarre thing. Yeah. That is hard to process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I feel it that really you, need, you need a source of levity in order to just make light of just the idea of what it is and then realize, oh, boy, this is bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Thirty. I was okay with thirty three percent. I was like, at first they said it had, they had taken. He had completely bought it out, a controlling stake, and then it said thirty three percent, and then it was like, ah, but he's going to eventually get the fifty one percent. I'm like, stop this roller coaster ride. If they had just stopped at thirty three percent, I think we would have been. It would have been a weird story, but yeah, okay. How is it? Crazy Prince wants to spend his money in odd ways. It just makes me think of. what, the baseball player in Delaware or whatever, trying to start New Hampshire or something like that, trying to start his own game company and sinking tax money into it. And the game was apparently good, but right. didn't sell well enough. I think it's well, like Kingdoms, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, which actually is getting a remaster. So, Oh, right. Okay. It, it, it is. It's scary to think that we still have a month and four days of 2020 left for other weird bizarre stuff to happen i, I, I don't know I, I what, love, what's what's next after the you know the crown prince of saudi arabia purchasing snk like where do you go from there i, I, I love how we have this hope this hope beyond hope even though it's likely uh-huh. not going to happen that as soon as that midnight bell hits on when we get into january 1st 2021 the strangeness will stop it's like up oh, got yeah. i was like all right you got through this year congratulations and we're going to reset everything no, I 2021 yeah, is going to be just as insane. Putin buys. I know. Come. God. Yeah. I, yeah. Putin buys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, where do you even, you know, how much weirder could it possibly get? But yes, it's going to continue well into 2021. Hopefully it'll it'll eventually be a little less weird next year. But yeah, it's certainly not going to end with the rollover to January 1st. Um, with that said, though, let's go ahead and move on to something a little lighter-hearted, and that is the fact that the Pokemon Company has revealed the logo uh, for Pokemon's 25th anniversary, and they have confirmed that there will be a very special celebration for the anniversary in 2021, which, I mean, that's pretty obvious. What are they going to say? They're not going to celebrate it. They're going to do something, right? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's already big. We're getting Pokemon Snap, too, so... Yeah, that's true. Or because of, you know, Nintendo's stupid naming schema, new Pokemon Snap, <sighs> like... That dr- I Come hate on. that. I yeah, still I, I can't Why? stand Why the g- new. Uh, it drives me crazy. It's so dumb. At least the logo's cute though. It's a it's a Pikachu face minus I mean, the eyes and mouth with a two and a five for his cheeks. I don't like it's, it. It's the same as the twentieth <laughs> anniversary. They just changed the zero to a five. <laughs> oh, is that really the same? Oh, I didn't realize. That's look, funny. Look up Pokemon twentieth anniversary right now, Ash. I, gotta, I guarantee I you. This. It's the I same. I didn't like it then, and I don't like it now because it's just lazy. Like it is, it, it, I mean it's it's identifiable. Oh wow! Yeah. It is immediately yeah. identifiable at a glance. You get an idea. All right, you know what it's Pokemon. going for. It, if I, anything, it actually, it, but it's like it is too simple for it. it is so it is so lame. Mm-hmm. If anything, the 20th anniversary logo is actually better and it's more creative because it's actually made up of different Pikachu in different positions and stuff. This one's just right. a blank Pikachu face. You know, like has spindle. I think it's spindle that has like different patterns on its back. Oh yeah. And there's like a million variations. Like a Pikachu is now spindle, where the cheek color, the cheeks like shapes. The cheeks different are different numbers shapes depending on its uh-huh. age. Or it could be a countdown to a doomsday clock. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a dumb, 
dumb logo. It's yeah, it's that's not I did great. not realize it was the same one. Almost, I mean, it, it kind of fuels fuels the uh, Pokemon company haters, <laughs> the Game Freak haters. Like they're so lazy, <laughs> they can't they yeah. can't update those assets and have them all ready. I, yeah, well, I mean. Whatever about the logo, what you know, it's it is what it is. I guess they're going for brand consistency. Um, sure, sure. But I don't know what we'll see in for the twenty fifth anniversary. Obviously, Pokemon Snap. We may, I guess, I guess it's remake possibility time. Do we? What's the over under? Are we seeing a Let's Go Johto, or are we seeing Gen Four remake? Like, what's the more I likely th- option for the next? I, I, Pokemon I game? feel that we. Well, I feel there's always a Sinnoh remake rumor every year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there since, was a... Since Platinum released, I think, like, the year afterwards. All right, so when are we getting a remake? Oh, no, no. <laughs> Basically, ever since uh, Hoenn got its remake, it's like, yes. all right, when's Sinnoh? And as soon as we get yeah. Sinnoh, all right, where's, when's Unova? <laughs> it has to be either right. of those two, but I want to I wanna say that I think it's 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 long time that we they, they pull the trigger on the Sinnoh remakes. Mm-hmm. I would not mind a Let's Go Johto, though, because I really enjoyed uh, the, the first iteration of Let's Go. And I think Jota would really benefit from that. Just as, as a nice, cozy Pokemon adventure. But yeah, I feel like if if it's not if it's not next year, it may not be. It's like the thirtieth anniversary. <laughs> yeah. To like justify releasing it, unless they did a. I mean, was there any significance to uh, Oros when it was remade? They just did not willy nilly. They um, not no significance that I can tell, but they did make sure to implement Mega Evolution because that was the hot thing yeah. at the time. Yeah, because that was right after right. X and Y, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like don't mind Gen 3's remake, but a lot, I know a lot of fans mm-hmm. hate it, and I can't figure out why. I liked it. I mean, yeah. Gen 3 is one is maybe my favorite gen of Pokemon in general, and mm-hmm. in general, see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Um, but but And I didn't dislike uh, Oros, so I don't know what the problem is, but yeah. Um, I kind of personally feel like a Let's Go Johto is, more, is, is the likelier of the two to happen uh, in 2021. I don't know why. It's not based on any particular data it's just kind of i don't know i feel like kind of what you're saying johnny it feels like there's been a gen uh gen 4 remake rumor kind of hovering around for years now and it's just a matter of when it's actually going to happen but i feel like it's makes more sense to remake gen 2 in the let's go style yeah because i have no i no doubt that a a single remake is going to happen it's just an inevitability at this point but which one right now would make more bank right and I feel that while there is definitely money in a Sinnoh remake, that's specifically to a catered generation uh, generation of fans, as opposed to the more casual oriented Let's Go series. And I don't mean like like demeaning or anything like that. Sure. It's just more like it's more accessible. People the, people come into that one in droves because it is so like just jump in and play. Uh, where I right. feel the pla- Gen Four fan base is more has a more dedicated but smaller portion of the Pokemon community. Mm-hmm. Right, so Gothic is a, as business at this point. I, I feel that yeah, I have to agree that it's it's more likely that we will get a second Let's Go game rather than yeah. a remake right now. Mm-hmm. I think so. I mean, um, can we get a Pokemon? Uh, I mean, we, we could try. We could hope for a Pokemon Puzzle League too. <laughs> That'll never happen. Oh, I'm, I'm bursting Please. at the seams with excitement. I would love you're not for part that of the. To happen. I don't you're not part of the it, Puzzle but... League. Uh, Cult, John? No, I'm not. I don't believe in cults. Oh. I don't even drink <laughs> well, Kool-Aid anymore. Fair enough. <laughs> Me neither, so there but, you go. But the Tetris Attack slash Panel de Pond slash Pokemon Puzzle Challenge slash League cult, it, it, it's the one cult. If you can join any cult, that's the one right there, right? <laughs> yeah. We've, we've, got, we've got Fairy Girls, we've got Yoshi, we've got Animal Crossing, we've got Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, God. Man. Well, uh, moving on, we've got some, Nintendo's got some good news coming out of Japan as the media create numbers have just been made available for uh, this week's gaming sales, and it looks like the Switch has sold over or, or about four times as many uh, units as the PS5, the Xbox Series X, and the Xbox Series S in Japan combined this week, which that, that says a couple of things. So one, yes, this is obviously great news for Japan, and they're killing it. At the same time, though, it's important to remember that there just aren't that many units available yeah, no. for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S. So it's a bit, it's, well, I say a bit skewed, it's really skewed. That yes. doesn't take away from Nintendo's success. 
but these numbers are a lot smaller than they would otherwise be for yeah. Sony and Microsoft. Because, you know, technically uh, someone selling four Switches as opposed to someone selling one is four times as many consoles sold than that one person. So I was like, I don't really think this is anything significant <laughs> because yeah, know, the, the console just came out. There's a shortage right. everywhere, and Switch has been here for a while. So Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, Twitch, I, I think it was a very logical conclusion. Switch keeps selling well, no matter what. No, no doubt about that. But yeah, this is definitely a stock issue thing. I'm not quite sure why it became news. I guess because, you know, oh no, sensationalized. But I think it also yeah. shows that, you know, post Thanksgiving, people are busy with Black Friday. Eh, just shove out whatever news you can and see what yeah. happens. <laughs> see what's Exactly. Need those holiday clicks. But I mean, granted, I that said, I could see the Switch out sell four times selling four times more than the Xbox Series X and S in Japan even yes. after they have the forever. stock issues. Forever. Because <laughs> yeah, Microsoft has never yeah. done well in Japan at no. all. Exactly. No. So Yeah. I do. I do think that'll that'll probably end up being the case for the Xbox Series X and S in Japan, uh, no matter what. But I don't know. Maybe maybe Microsoft, with their unique approach to you know their kind of more unique uh, service approach, you know, Game Pass and such, maybe they'll make inroads in Japan mm-hmm. at least a little bit by not focusing on the hardware as much. Um, but I, I don't see them overtaking Sony or Nintendo in Japan or coming even close, really. Yeah. I actually I know. Um... You've gotten yourself a PS5, John. Have, yeah. Are you going to bother at all with the Series S or X? Uh, not me personally. I do plan on getting one for my brother Mark, who has been Team Microsoft nice. since the 360. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, there's just there's no reason for me to get one because I have a more capable Same. PC. You know, right. and that's been the case since the 360. Like I'm humongous diehard will defend the Xbox 360 to the day I die. I love that console. Uh-huh. App. But mm-hmm. after that, as when I started getting into PC gaming, I completely ignored the Xbox One. Yeah. Uh, and every yeah. other iteration afterwards. And I, it's the same with the Series X. It is a beautiful console. I have actually had the pleasure of seeing it up close in Ooh. a comparison video that I helped with uh, ScreenWave. And it is a beautiful machine. Really? It's definitely way more compact than that gargantuan laser disc player I have upstairs in my entertainment center. And it can actually stand on its side without having the need to screw in a little stand on it. It mm. is a beautiful console. But I have no reason to get into it. So, yeah, right. I, I figure you could get Mark the uh, the the Series X and a Game Pass, and he's set. Yeah, well, he already has a Game right. Pass, like oh, on does he? Xbox okay. One. You know, so oh, it's, yeah, it's, a, be it's an easy transfer because yeah, he, he wants the new thing. I was like, that's cool. I'm gonna try and get you a new thing, but I don't want to blow nine thousand dollars on it. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit much. Gotta wait. I this this seems like it's the unpopular opinion, but I actually really like the PS5 design. I I think the Xbox Series X is is a fine design. But I actually prefer the PS5. I know it's huge, but I, just, I love the color scheme. I love the whole look of it. I don't know. I A lot of people seem not to, though. What, what about you guys? I, I just don't like the idea that you need the stand, the screw-in stand, just to get it up. Sure. You know, because sure. you can't even put it on its side without it being lopsided. Because That's a good, really good want, point. They really went with yeah. the aesthetic this time. And, you know, I can, I can respect that dedication. I'm, I don't really have an issue with the size because I've owned much bigger consoles. I think some of them are still there. I mean, collapsing my desk I, as I'm talking about it right now. I'm pretty sure the original Xbox <laughs> no. Duke controller is still bigger than the PS5. <laughs> there is there is novelty in its size because, right. like, for me, uh, of our age group especially, we're, we're taken back to the days of like those VHS players or mm. the DVD VHS combinations. With they're gargantuan, but it's like it's tech, you know. Like that means I could put stuff on top of it, stickers, coffee mugs, or some other thing. There's novelty in that, but I just don't like how you can't stand it up or put it on its flat without having to install that stand. That's my only gripe with it. Sure. See, I've, I've never you. actually had any of my consoles stand straight up um, other than the Wii. Uh, yeah. But is, is it better? I don't know. Is it better? You can put more stuff or? next to it. That's why I like to stand stuff up. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. if, uh, especially with something like the PS5, well, no, or with any other console, assuming there's no ventilations on the top of the console, I like to put stuff on top of it. Mm-hmm. Like, for the longest time, I used to have um, my 360 on top of my PS4. Or I would put my NES top loader on top of my NES or my Super Nintendo when I'm, mm-hmm. like, doing uh-huh. multi, you know, the recording. I, I, I could do that because I, I feel I can. Like, with the PS5, I can't. Though. And I don't like that. You know, that's a small thing, right. apparently. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I all can just, just I can just stand it up. And there's, now there's extra room on the side. Yeah. Right. So. Um, going back to uh, Pokemon for a moment, I just saw something Michael Phone said in the chat, and I guess the reason 
people who did not like Oros didn't like is because it removes all the emerald stuff. Oh, I'm not like a diehard fair. Pokemon fan, so I didn't know that. People um, do like yeah, the, uh, what yeah. was it called? The Battle... Dang it, what was Battle that? Battle Frontier? Battle, Battle Frontier, that's it. Battle Frontier, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, sticking with Japanese sales numbers for a bit, we actually have one uh, here that's a lot more interesting than the ones we just covered because the uh, just, well, I'll just, I'll just say it. Animal Crossing New Horizons is the first game in Japan to top 6 million total sales since the original New Super Mario Brothers. That, that's a lot, long time ago. Like, what did it, New Super Mario Brothers came out in 2006, right? So that's been so about 14 years. So am I reading that right? That means no other game for Nintendo in Japan specifically. I think it's just any game. Six million units. Apparently, it, in Japan specifically, and then the other the other six games, I believe, uh, according to Game Data Library, are Pokemon Gold and Silver, Pokemon Red, Green, and Blue, the original Super Mario Brothers, and uh, I'm not sure what this last one is. AC Animal Crossing HC. Uh, what would that be? That feels weird considering you'd think... It does, right? Pokemon would be higher. Pokemon, yeah, Dragon, yeah. Dragon Quest. You'd think A lot so. of other RPGs. Like, that that doesn't so seem bizarre. right. I, yeah, I, 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 I have to approach I mean, this with a bit of skepticism. Because I, I, given, like, before, after New up. Super Mario Brothers, that is like over 14 years ago. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't seem like that's possible. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, but this is according to Game Data Library on Twitter. So, I mean, regardless, I'm happy that Animal Crossing yeah. New Horizons sold so well, which is like ultimately the point of the article. But, right. Uh, for, for, for that to have that sort of like threshold broken, I, I, I feel is a little iffy compared to like everything else. Because six, that's a long time <laughs> between right. games. So you're so, telling me that nothing else broke six million units in retail in Japan since then? A little I, hard to swallow. But if I it is completely not. true, then, man, I know nothing about game sales or anything Be- like that. Or yeah, I because really I, I just enjoy. looked up Dragon Quest V, which is considered one of the more popular Dragon Quest games in the series. And as of April 2004, the game has sold over 1.5 million copies in Japan, making it the top-selling Dragon Quest remake game of all time. I mean, it doesn't say original, mm. but still. Yeah. That's, I, I know. Huh. What about like Minecraft across all consoles I would, or across all platforms? I feel like that should be able to approach 6 million, you would think. But again, this is Japan only. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is then, a yeah. demographic, I, yeah. And I just looked up Dragon Quest XI and, it reached, and it, I saw like September 24th, 2020, Dragon Quest XI reaches 6 million copies sold worldwide. Yeah, but so, not specifically okay, in Japan. Not Japan, specifically yeah. Oh, so maybe this so, is right. Uh, yeah. I guess so. That's, that is insane. Yeah. And also, and Animal according Crossing. to Game Date, I know. And also, according to Game Data Library, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons is the fastest game to reach this milestone, too. Compared to other titles like Pokemon Gold and Silver, it took it 13 months to reach 6 million. Uh, Pokemon Red, Green, and Blue took about 26 months. Uh, and then New Super, Mario, New Super Mario Brothers took four and a half years to reach 6 million. And what, Animal Crossing came out in February, March? Yeah, something or, like that. Uh, around that, uh, around April. April. Uh, late late April. March, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so huh. that's crazy how... I mean, I, obviously, Animal Crossing is popular. But, but just when you, when you think about that number and how quickly it reached that number in Japan alone, that's staggering. I think it's because of... Um, I think it's because of the current climate and because of the pandemic where everybody... It must be. Was everybody's at home, especially for like the first few months of that. Uh, of that Folks were just... I mean, play, people play video games. It doesn't really matter what you're playing, but I guess in addition to it being anticipating this new Animal Crossing game, a very slice-of-life series. Right. Just the idea of just like, all right, I'm just going to be just going to play from the safety of my own home. I want to feel as comfortable as possible. Animal Crossing makes me feel comfortable. So I guess uh, it was a perfect storm. Uh, Maybe that's the only only thing I can think of why it would push so hard in such a short amount Um, of time. And I mean, of course, nobody's nobody's happy about the pandemic, but Nintendo has to be like, man, what a what a happy accident! This is a serendipitous occasion yeah. for Animal Crossing to have been timed to this, you know, horrific pandemic we're all going through. So, mm. I mean, it worked out for them in their favor quite well. 
So I, I, I've just been doing more research because I'm like, well, it just, still just mystifies me. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. It just feels wrong. But back in, uh, in over the summer, uh, it's this, the second best-selling video game ever within Japan. The only game ahead of it uh, is the original Pokemon games on Game Boy, which has shifted 10 million units in Japan. But that's the combined total of red, green, and blue. Okay. Uh-huh. So because of that, Animal Crossing is the best-selling single one. Uh, so, so new Super Mario. So the top five is Pokemon Red, Green, and Blue, Animal Crossing: New Horizons, uh, Pokemon uh, Gold and Silver, Super Mario Brothers, and New Super Mario Brothers. With right. actually here, wow, John, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl is number six. There you go. Wow. There you go. There you go. Sonora remakes next year. (laughs) No, we would have had Sonora remakes, but it had to be number six in the top five. And that is true. And Gold and Silver did beat it. So let's go. Then you're getting let's go Johto instead. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's it's it's yeah. When you really think about these numbers, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Oh, hey, we got uh, Steve in the chat. Uh, he's posting through Good Vibes Games. Enjoy your honeymoon and go here. away. <laughs> yeah, sorry I can't be there. Weird watching the show from the sidelines. Man, go spend time with your new wife. Don't don't be in here. What are you doing? Come on. But no, we're, we're, we're happy that you got that uh, present, Steve. We hope you have a great honeymoon, a great time, and, and try not to think about us. Just enjoy yourself and uh, have a wonderful time. When I close my eyes, I see it's Derek. I know, right? The horror. <laughs> the horror, yeah. Help. But yeah, man. Um, no, have a great weekend. Have a great time. And uh, please tell your to your wife we said hi and, and uh, forward her our good vibes. There you go. And uh, with that said, we've got some good news for fans of Commander Video. As a, uh, This comes from Nintendo Life. A surprise eShop listing has now revealed that all six original BitTrip games are going to be on the Switch. Uh, and those include BitTrip Core, BitTrip Void, BitTrip Runner, BitTrip Fate, BitTrip Flux, and BitTrip Beat. How many times could I say BitTrip in like 10 seconds? And not trip over your words, which is it's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is cool. I, I really like these games. Not all of them, but I like a lot of them. And I like, uh, I like the BitTrip brand in general. I like Commander Video. Runner 2 was one of my favorite games on the Wii U. It's what a fantastic game. Uh, and Runner 3 is good, you know, pretty good as well. So this is cool. Um, I believe I remember that my favorites were of the original were Runner and Beat. I think so. Um, but have you guys played these games at all? Nope. Uh, I've never touched a bit trick game. I am only familiar with the... Uh, Commander Video is the name of the character, right? I believe. Yes. Uh, he was an yeah. unlockable character for Super Meat Boy. And I didn't think much of him because he had like the uh-huh. rainbow trail. Uh-huh. And I don't remember what made it that character special. So that's the only sort of uh, bit trip exposure I have. It, it was always one of those. If I'm sh- if I was ever to do another like indie showcase, I'd feel I have to look at him out of obligation. But it'd be like mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Are these are like very like bite sized games like. Yeah, they're pretty play for a few minutes and then you know leave it for the rest of the day because I have I've never played a bit game I have no, it's uncharted territory for me. Well, from yeah, what I remember, <laughs> yeah. from what I remember, the, the various games are kind of uh, they're anchored around a specific gameplay concept that you know so they are fairly bite sized except for uh, for Runner, which of course spawned its own series where those games have like you know a hundred plus stages and like an entire adventure mode and world maps that you explore. So. The Runner series has be, has kind of taken on its own life and become its own, you know, full game essentially. But the others, I I do believe are are from what I remember are more bite sized and, and constrained. What makes I them guess. different? Because I know Runner obviously is an endless, not an endless runner, but it's a runner where you got to dodge and like I, I saw a little bit of Runner Three with that horrific art style. <laughs> but um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I know you like slide under things and jump over things, and it's sort of set to a beat. It is, yeah. So essentially, and one of the reasons I, you know, played all these games is they are all, uh, they all have rhythm game elements in them. Even if they aren't themselves necessarily rhythm games, they are, they have, you know, rhythm focused elements in them. And so as you were saying, Runner and Runner, that takes the form of the obstacles you pass and and the things you're doing are all happening to the beat of the song. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it kind of comes together in a really cool audio visual 
explosion of, of just cool stuff happening on screen and you know everything's going to the beat of the music and it's just it's it's really uh, immersive i would say so uh yeah i think it's it's cool that these games are coming back on switch they always felt at home on nintendo platforms in my opinion uh they they started as we games i believe so okay. it makes sense to see them coming home uh you know on the switch and it looks so. like it's 50 that 55 bucks a pop so yeah about five bucks a pop which is yeah those are i mean from what I again, I don't remember all six games perfectly, but from what I remember, all the ones I played are easily worth five bucks. So, hmm. yeah, if if you're a fan of Commander Video, definitely uh, look forward to this. And they're, oh, by the way, and they all are planned for release on Christmas on December 25th. So that's cool. Uh, we don't have to wait too long for that to happen. Um, nice. But cool. Well, moving on to our last news story of the day. Um, a bunch of stuff is happening in the world of Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, the last major raid of the Shadowbringers expansion uh, is coming in December. <laughs> and I don't play FF14. I don't play MMOs. So I'm going to throw this over to you, Johnny, because I, under, yeah, as I understand I, it, I, you I do gra- play. I grabbed this one because I saw I saw people talking about this raid, and I didn't realize it was going to be the last one or anything like that for this, uh-huh. for um, what is it, Shadowbringers. And I'm like, hey, we're having Johnny on tonight. Let's have a <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy XIV thing on there because, I mean, the thing is, I did play a little bit of Final Fantasy XIV before the move, as along with Amy, who played a lot more than me. But after the move, after the game, we haven't had a chance to get back to it. Haven't actually bought the full game yet because I think we were still in the new Realm Reborn stuff. I think she just beat Ifrit, uh last major thing. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Uh, Sky, 500 hours left to go. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I I always see people just rave about fourteen, and I want to get back to it. Don't know when. I mean, mm-hmm. I want to see. If the you story. didn't have the time before, I don't think you're going to have the time now, especially with your new commitments. Right. <laughs> uh, let's put it that way. Although that said, I, I know plenty of parents that play the game. I'm I'm friends with with those parents who will sometimes in the middle of the dungeon. Hold on, kids crying. <laughs> oh, got a, got a birthday of course. So I was like, I mean, that's that's cool. You do what you got to do. I got to mm. check the microphone anyway. So I'm just saying it's possible, but be the responsible dude. Like, just hold off until the kid turns 18. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Uh, but, yeah, so patch 5.4 is coming out in early December, and we're we're pretty much at the – well, we, we wrapped up the story of Shadowbringers um, in 5.3 because basically the way it works is that, you know – Five point uh, X point oh is the main story of that expansion, and then there's a secondary story that's developing while that story is going, and then by point three of that expansion, it wraps up that story, and then point four and point five are leading up into the new storyline expansion. So that we're at that point now, uh, and okay. so now it's going to be it's a lot of teases, it's a lot of things that are finally coming together and leading into like a because we're, we're getting to the point of the end of the major story of 14 oh really uh, okay. yeah concerning like how everything is working behind the scenes and it's, it's a very very long time coming so uh and while they said that they're going to continue the game for years on end because it's one of their most successful games of all time you'd be stupid to <laughs> cut off that right. money flow right uh we are getting to that conclusion and it's like emotions are running high and money is being spent all over the place <laughs> because people just want to keep playing again. I'm excited because uh 14's uh scheduling was affected by the pandemic. Everything was uh, every patch release has been right. pushed back by a few months. So uh it hap- what happened is that like 5.2 in, by comparison was released in late January or February one of those things. Oh, wow. And then for like seven like six or f- like five or six months after that it was just nothing. There's plenty of stuff to do. It's an MMO, but it's also like if you're about current content, it was painful. Like, mm. oh my god, I want to, I want to yeah. fight the new battles. So now we're finally everything's. They have managed to get the entire work environment from the comfort of their own homes, so everyone is working very safe conditions. And after that was confirmed, it was like, all right, everything's back together. We're back on schedule. Thank God, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, I am. All over this, ejected directly to my veins. I'm going to disappear on Tuesday when it releases because I one patch day is always nice. thing. It's kind of like a holiday, really. When a new patch drops, 
uh, I will take that entire day off. If there's a video that needs to be done, all right, I better get it done Monday or it ain't getting uploaded nice. until the Wednesday after. Because <laughs> so, I yeah. love patch days. It's like Christmas for 14 players. But yeah, I'm excited. Go play the game if you haven't already. The free trial goes up to Heaven School, which is a lot of hours of play time. Yeah. I, I, Amy yeah. was talking. I was like, oh, we ran out of time. I was like, I don't think we run out of time for the free trial. It just goes until we reach that point yeah. in Heaven. And what is it? Heaven Sword is the first expansion? Yeah, Heaven's Sword is the first expansion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we're fine on that one. But uh, yeah, as far as this, there's, of course, more main, main story quests, quests. Another wing of the Eden raid called Eden's Promise. Don't know what that is. Another dungeon, Matoya's Relict, which Matoya, that's which Final Fantasy is that from? That's that is actually the first one. one. That is Final Fantasy yeah, the first one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trial called Castrum Marinium. Uh, sorry for Marinum getting castrumed. <laughs> <laughs> It was necessary. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, extra side quest, the Sorrow of Whirlit. And um, apparently, uh, Eden Raid is a big deal, which brings the hardcore race for the first, uh, for the world first, alongside of weeks or months of learning raids for casual players. Uh, also, the 24 person near storyline is expected to conclude next patch. Um, so there's that. Blue Mage is getting an update. I think they're getting their level mm-hmm. cap raised. Uh, apparently there's New Game Plus. What the hell? Well, New Game Plus <laughs> has been, well, yeah, new game plus has been there for plus, a while. It's getting more yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's getting more stuff, yeah. Okay. Um, and wild. apparently uh, the new trial, the Castrum Marinum, will actually feature Emerald Weapon from Seven yeah. as the boss. Yeah, the storyline. Uh, the the side, Ruby Weapon. The side storyline of 14 now leading up to 6.0 is that they're developing new weapons and it's Ruby Emerald. And gotcha. I think the last one is probably going to be Diamond because we need to give him something to do after his very anticlimactic death in seven. <laughs> so he, right. yeah, he got blasted through the chest. He got blasted right? by a cannon. Yeah, from lack of trying. How does, I, I gotta give it to Shinra. They took out a good chunk of the weapons in that game. Yeah, they, they, they're they two did. for two. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. two for two. Does the Ultima weapon show up at all in in fourteen in any way? Or Ultima weapon is the final boss of the original two point storyline. Oh, gotcha. Nice. Uh, okay, cool. But he's so small potatoes <laughs> compared to Ruby and Emerald and yeah. Diamond. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, there's even a, to wrap this up real quick, there's even a proto-Ultima weapon you fight in Dunscape, one of the Void Arc raids in Heavensward. And it, prototype, much stronger than the original, of course, because nice. that's how games usually do things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it's too bad because I'm such a Final Fantasy nut. Like I, I'm, I love Final Fantasy. I love. I'm a big Square Enix fan in general. And it seems like 14, aside from just being really having a great story, from what I understand, especially for an MMO, it just seems like it's a love letter to the yeah. whole series, really. Constantly, and it I, is a constant. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to experience it. I just don't I, have hundreds of hours to do so, or money, like <laughs> hundreds yeah. of dollars. I, I, could, yeah. I could also uh, tell you. I, I, I remember. I forget. It has to be years now. I just happened to see Johnny post a thing where he's fighting Kefka with his friends. Yeah. Like Kefka right. was a raid boss. Like, the Sigma Escape raids. The Dude, like the, the, the Stormblood raids are just everything from old Final Fantasies because it's like it's Omega literally reading stories from ancient texts and bringing it to life using science. Uh-huh. But it's just the game's excuse mm-hmm. to have, okay, you're going to fight the train from Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> you're going to fight Kefka right. here. That's amazing. Yeah. But I, I love that. I it's, it's the stuff like that makes me interested. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, I want to see. I should stress that the fan service is one thing, but that's not the reason why Shadowbringers is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, Shadowbringers as a mm-hmm. standalone story is one of the best RPG stories I've ever experienced, like, in a video yeah. game. And it has nothing to do with fan yeah. service. I, I saw people, I think it was Nora, <laughs> freaking, yeah, likely it was either freaking her out me. about the artwork about the, the two girls holding hands. I don't know who those characters are, but apparently right. that's a huge deal. It, it's something that was like, we know. <laughs> <laughs> so just confirm it, please. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's all I'll say about that. Oh, I, to answer a microphone real quick in the chat. It's definitely a cult, but it's a cult that I'm a part of, so it's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, one thing that's interesting about FF14 is that uh, is the connection to FF16, right? Because it's being 16 is being produced by Naoki Yoshida, yeah, who is Yoshida. the director of Final Fantasy XIV. Um, but it's funny because like, the FF16 reveal trailer is, is one of the only times I've not been completely hyped for a new Final Fantasy reveal. Like, I, I watched a trailer a few times. thought it was pretty cool, but I kind of bounced off it. I'm not loving the design of the main character or, like, the I guess the vibe of the world so far. 
But yet, people are so excited for this game simply because of the presence of Naoki Yoshida. So yeah. I have to have faith that this game's going to be awesome. But so far, it hasn't done much for me. At least, the again, the trailers. We don't know much about it beyond that. I will admit that, comparatively speaking, to 15, and even 13, if I'm being honest, that 16 looks and feels played out because you're, you're reminded a lot of Dark Souls, Witcher, That's exactly Bloodborne. Yeah. And mm-hmm. those games have had their... We have plenty of games like those that shared that aesthetic. And this is kind of like the first time that Final Fantasy is dipping their hand in that pot. I mean, they've done mm-hmm. Medieval before, yeah. but not this grim. Not maybe you way. can argue, I don't know, maybe the Tactics games or uh, 12, but that was more steampunk than Medieval. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, aesthetically, it's played out. So there's, yeah. I, I think that's why it, there's more precedence on why it's important that Yoshi P is in charge of this one, or at least has a really big hand in this one. What well, That's why I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. it. Because, yeah, I agree that the aesthetic is like, eh, I've seen this before plenty of times. You know? It's just not my thing, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but as a game, as a story, mm-hmm. what I have to look sure. for, it's like if it's in really good hands. And I know yeah. it's sometimes not wise to count your chickens before they hatch, but I don't know. I thought Sonic Mania was going to be great. And it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Getting kind of similar vibes with 16. They're completely different games, nice. but I trust Yoshi P to make mm. this a phenomenal yeah. Final Fantasy. I mean, it was an interesting choice that they didn't go for an all-out, like, visual extravaganza for it. Because they decided, like, this is our engine. The engine will improve over time. And they didn't, like, do the spectacle that Final Fantasy usually has anymore. No. It's really grounded. Right. Yeah. Which, again, was which why people might find it unremarkable. Like with Final Fantasy, it's all about that spectacle. It's all about dazzling you mm-hmm. with either right. like high concept fantasy or just sci-fi. And it's like, no, it's very muted. I mean, I mean, the kid gets yeah. blood on his face. Yeah. <laughs> Traumatized. That's uh-huh. visually stimulating, I guess. But it's mm-hmm. also like, it's very mundane for Final Fantasy. True. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's just the visual identity of it is so similar to things we've seen so much this generation already. And I don't know, when I think of Final Fantasy, I think of of brighter colors and and more i guess radical landscapes and, and i don't know just this seems so rooted in reality uh or at least a realistic art style that is not jumping out at me yet but as you were saying johnny you know the proof's going to be in the actual game itself and we have every reason to believe that the game itself is going to be awesome yeah mm-hmm. i i and i do believe it's going to be a great game yeah. i have hope i i um, I've, I've honestly not really played much of 15 i like played the opening like five or six hours and that's about it Mm-hmm. I should probably, I, I might try again with the Royal Edition, since apparently that improved a lot of things, but eh, 15 just, is like the definition of a beautiful disaster. I, I like 15 <laughs> a lot. I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed 15, but the story, you can literally see the, the places where the story was stitched together to, to cobble yeah. together a playable game, basically, right? Like, there was so much more that was obviously left out of the game, and it's just, it usually, you know, Game development results in, in a product that you don't necessarily know what was left out, or it's, you know you're not really missing what was left out because the game you're playing is is a complete vision of the game. With FF15, you can literally see where they pulled the guts out of the game and just stitched it back open, back together to to, to get the Something game. Something was supposed to be here and it's not, and I'm sad. Yeah, and it's really a shame because because <laughs> it's it's a good game. I'd even say it's a great game. I love the battle system, but the the story is a Mess. Yeah, a lot of patchwork. Like, oh, a lot man. of patchwork. Yeah. Yikes! But which is too bad because the ending ultimately is actually a great ending. I love the ending, and when you get there, it, it's it's all worth it. But getting there can be a little iffy uh, at times. But um, there, there's a there's a couple of Final Fantasies on my that I have not never beaten two, five, no, you don't six. Have no, I don't. I'm just listening for the listing. The big ones are five, six, and twelve and fifteen. Those are mm-hmm. the four. Those are the four big ones I've never beaten. You got to play. Five oh, you got to play. You got to play six, five and six. Man. Six yeah, especially. Yeah. Like it's it, six is comparatively more brain dead compared to five. Mm. But uh huh, that's true. It is. I don't care because it's still a phenomenal game. And five is just like if you if you love the job system, mm. five I still think is mm-hmm. the best one compared to like uh, twelve Zodiac Age and ten two. Hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. that is a. I will. I will defend Ten Two to the grave. So <laughs> thank you. Has a game. Is, it is Hell not. Yeah. It is, I, I, love I think. I think the story is unnecessary. I think it's the weakest element of the game. But mm. as a game, it is fantastic. One of the best. 
Yeah. I love Ten Two's whole vibe. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the whole like pop aesthetic, the, the girl power vibe. I, you know, I yes, I agree the story is unnecessary, but I did actually really like how it, how it, uh, you know, expanded the lore of Spira. And yeah, I was such right. a big Yuna and Titus, you know, shipper. I, I just love that couple so much. It, so. it gave us our weirdest um, uh, cameo in Final Fantasy VII remake, where they actually have freaking right? Shinra, Shinra yeah. in that picture. That's so it's like, weird. Uh, what are you trying to say? Who's wearing a mask too? He's yeah. on the curve. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Michael Phone made a great uh, made a, made a great point in the chat that I agree with. Um, he says that uh, Seven Remake is still ongoing, so they're guessing they didn't want it to be too similar to the Sixteen. Didn't want it to be too similar to Seven Remake visually, and I think there's probably some truth in that. You know, they've got they they already know they got Seven Remake catering to the more anime crowd like that I'm part of. I like the more anime-tinged Final Fantasies myself, so I'm not a big fan of FF12, personally, for example. But, so, I, you know, I think because they have those seven remake games going for quite a while still to cater to that crowd, they're maybe trying to go for the Bloodborne Western crowd uh, with 16, with the visual identity of the game. The I think there's visual, definitely something to uh, that. Visual and thematically, too, because 16 is mm-hmm. looking to be a huge subversion of the standard Final Fantasy plot, because... Uh, right. A big thing about the old games, especially, was the focus on the crystals or mm. like yes. the warriors of light, you know, abiding by the will of the crystal. And in this game, it's like, man, screw that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like screw the crystals. Like, it's, it's the atheist exactly. Final Fantasy. No, I, I, <laughs> right. As soon as I saw that line, that one line got me more excited than anything else in that trailer. Same. Same. It's, like, it, it's it, literally it, it, attack and dethrone God, the Final Fantasy experience. Right. Uh, I mean, that's most RPGs. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> no, yeah. If you're not fighting God by the end of the R- an RPG, there, exactly. something is wrong. It's going to be the best exactly. Persona game ever released. Right. <laughs> or in, in Xenogears' case, God's mother. Yeah. The mother of God is the final boss in that <laughs> Holy case. Holy mother of God. mother of God. It's, it's right. been so, I know you fought God in, uh, in Xenogears, but I forgot exactly how that whole thing... Because Xenogears gets a little... Cutting room floor uh, in a the, little in, in the second. <laughs> they they yeah. fast forward through things and like and then this happened and this happened. It's like what is happening? <laughs> so like it's just out of nowhere. Oh gosh! And yeah. I've not Z- played Zeno Saga, which Zeno Saga is just tailor made for you to fight into throne God. <laughs> oh yeah, Zeno Saga is you essentially do across the three games. Yeah, it's tailor made for that. Same thing with Xenoblade, as we know. Xenoblade One goes hardcore into that territory, and I think Xenoblade mm-hmm. Two does as well. Yeah. Yeah, to, to a degree, to um, a degree, it's a it's a, to a, to a diff, it's a different uh, flavor of the same idea, right? Right. Modern um, persona going back games in the too. Chat a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah persona especially. Uh, going back in the chat a bit, Azran one two seven. When we were talking about the the uh, bit trip games, they said beat explosions. I could totally force a mega mention out of the idea of a Mega Man rhythm game. And man, let me tell you, I have fantasized about Mega Man rhythm games for so many years now. I don't think we're ever going to get one, but if we ever did, I mean, a Kingdom Hearts rhythm game for me is almost the next best thing, right? But to have a Mega Man rhythm game, oh, Jesus, please, someday. I'm, I'm going ma- to start a debate here between you two, because I know, Johnny, your big sticking point with uh, me- Melody of Memory was the $60 price tag. Yeah. Do you have mm-hmm. that? Did you have that? Do you think that's too much, Ash? Because you buy more rhythm games than I do. Uh, no, G- given how much content there is in the game, I have no problem with the... I mean, but I also didn't really have a problem with Link's Awakening being 60. I think you kind of, mm. I think values values determined by the consumer, I guess, in, in this case. Yeah. And I mean, certainly I think there's more to justify Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory being $60 than Link's Awakening because Link's Awakening had pretty much no new content. The new content it did have was pretty worthless with the whole dungeon creator thing. But Melody of Memory has a massive campaign. It's got 140 plus songs, like a full online multiplayer mode. A, a huge gallery of collectible like cards and movie scenes. A massive and, campaign in which ninety percent of it's a summary of other games. But yeah, go on. well, sure, sure. <laughs> but you know, but we have to consider the fact though that every single song in the game has three different charts. That, yeah. You know, different difficulty levels. There's performer mm-hmm. mode. So I mean, you're looking at what a hundred and four hundred and twenty different charts at least. You, you are talking right? to the man who bought every single I, piece of I DLC feel, for theater rhythm. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Theatrhythm had the same amount of content, maybe not as much, but had the same amount of content, and it was like half the price at launch. So that's my uh, that's Fair my enough. comparison point. Well, it was also a handheld game, though. Yeah, but so was of Melody of Memory if you buy it on Switch. You know, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see, 
I can see why people are maybe turning their nose up a bit and, at the price, and, but and at the, the same time, is, how good? My my thing whole thing is it's Kingdom Hearts. Wait six months, it'll definitely go down in price. You can get the story yeah, so far too. for twenty bucks, which yeah. is like yeah. nine games. Yeah, I mean, if you're not a hardcore Kingdom Hearts and rhythm game fan, I it's probably not worth paying sixty bucks yeah. for it. Straight up, I admit I am both. Yeah. I love Kingdom Hearts. I love rhythm games. So for me, it makes sense. But I think, yeah, if you're not both, it wait. I don't think you need to rush out and buy it. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that because I think the game is good. It's just that I don't, I don't think it's good at sixty dollars. That's it. Sure, I got you. Yeah. That's well, fair. with that, uh, that's all the major news for today. We've gone from uh, the, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia purchasing SNK <laughs> all the way to that. Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen and everything in between. The big oh. games coming back. What a weird day! But uh, before we sign off, though, uh, Johnny, where can our audience find you? Oh, you can find me in two places. My main uh, bread and butter is my Versus series, where I just video game reviews. You can find me at youtube.com slash somecallmejohnny. Or if you're in, uh, in the live stream uh, environment, I'm also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash somecallmejohnny. Uh, I try to keep a consistent schedule there uh, just to have a few jokes here for the stream. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But I'm trying to keep them uh, more in line with uh, like what I want to do for... Uh, later playthroughs so yeah you can find me there but uh check my youtube channel out uh why you got the downtime just watch a few videos or five (laughs) (laughs) you've been playing through critical mode in kingdom hearts 2 correct level one critical mode in kingdom hearts 2 yeah much more enjoyable than kingdom hearts 1 level one proud because this was actually designed with that challenge in mind okay as opposed to cage one so yeah don't do it terrible <laughs> have, you, have you tried king uh, critical mode in kingdom hearts 3 yet no i have not i have not played the remind dlc at all oh right i, still have I not forgot played about it. that still have not played oh speaking all. of i should mention that i have been playing remind because i didn't want it told to me in melody of memory i wanted to experience it <laughs> and i have to say it's it's worth it it uh oh i so i've heard it, you know yeah um, remind is pretty damn cool at least i played up to the limit cut episode and and but everything before that I mean, it's really awesome. Limit cut is when you take on the there's the boss rush, right? Against all the right, right. Yeah, you've basically seen ninety nine percent of the story at that point. Yeah, I still need to see the you know the secret final boss of Limit Cut and see how that. I know I know who it is. I just need to see how it you know plays into the context of things. But um, but no, everything before that, especially the stuff with Kyrie, so cool. Like, I, worth it. Definitely worth <laughs> the wait of playing it. Okay. That's um. Yeah, so definitely, if you if you can play it, don't just watch it. Like play it if you can, because there's some. If you like, you know, if you if you love the anime side of Kingdom Hearts and when it goes over the top and dramatic and that's my always friends are my <laughs> yeah, powers. That's like, when is it ever? That's Remind in a nutshell, and it's great. Uh-huh. So yeah. <laughs> Um, well, cool. I could talk about Kingdom Hearts forever. I know all three of us could, so we probably should wrap it up here. Uh, as always, we do need to uh, dearly thank our wonderful patrons at the producer tier for helping to make this show happen, because without you, it wouldn't happen. And uh, in addition, a massive thank you to our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those uh, fine folks include Rob Arman X, Dan Entwistle, Z Patty, Adam O'Sullivan, Floating Mew, Christopher, The D-Pad, Vesmio, OnStar, Dukamon, Diogo, Kieran Phillips, Benny Yao, Rosa Bowling, aka Mama Bowling, Geller, Shiny Turkey, Titus Malvolio, Jake Pelka, Michael Phone, Mitchell Herring, Top Dog 23100, Jay Acosta, Game Explain, Charles Saz, Andrew Medeiros, and Jonathan Belmare. Thank you all so much for supporting us. And thanks to all of you in the audience who are watching. Even if you're not watching live, we appreciate that you're here. We appreciate all of our patrons, all of our fans. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, with that said, remember that you can also become a patron over at patreon.com at, sorry, patreon.com slash gvgaming, where you can watch today's news tonight live for as little as $5 a month, like our live audience members have been today. So uh, with that said, thank you all so much for watching. If you liked this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. Until Monday, I guess. Good night and good vibes, everybody. Later.